Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode is focused less on history than a hometown that specializes in history. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee is famous for tourist attractions and southern hospitality, but it's also a hotbed of local culture and storytelling. There are more than two dozen museums and galleries in the area, and whatever your interests happen to be, there is likely something that will appeal to you. A personal favorite of mine, for obvious reasons, is the Alcatraz East Crime Museum. And on this most recent visit, I was able to sit down with the head of their collection. My name's Allie Pennington. I am the current Artifacts and Programs Manager. If you're ever in the area and would like to visit the Crime Museum, you won't need a map. And you won't need to look for signs. Just go to the parkway, which is the main drag that runs through the middle of town, and drive until you see the building that's shaped like a prison. I remember my first time here at the at the prison or the museum, whichever one you want to call it. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I bet they'll have, you know, some pictures or something. And first off, the building is impressive. If you could just tell me about the building. Yeah, absolutely. Building. So our building is modeled after two prisons. One is the Tennessee State Prison, which was in Nashville, Tennessee, or just outside of Nashville. And then also Alcatraz from San Francisco. So basically we took the two facades of those which are very distinct in themselves and kind of molded them together. So we pulled these big towers off of the Tennessee State Prison and and sort of the main facade of Alcatraz and that's how we shaped our building. So the outside of the building looks like a prison. We have guard towers, we have prisoners hanging from the building. We sit right on the parkway in Gatlinburg which is the main drag for the entire town. And so you drive past and it's like there's a prison right there, which is crazy. <laughs> I also noticed that on the on the windows or the doors from when you come in, it doesn't say your hours that you're open. It says the hours for visiting hours, like you're going to visit someone in prison. Well, that was, that was quite clever. What year was this built? So we opened in 2016 from here. We started as the National Museum of Crime and Punishment in Washington, D.C. That opened in 2008. And we were there until I think 2015 is when we permanently closed in the D.C. location. And then the collection moved over here and we opened in 2016 as Alcatraz East. As I walked around the exhibits in Alcatraz East, I just kept asking myself, how on earth did they get all this stuff? They have John Wayne Gacy's clown suits, John Dillinger's original death mask, O.J.'s white bronco, the actual Bronco. It's impressive, to say the least. I asked Allie how they went about selecting and curating such a diverse, world-class collection. It's usually, it just really depends on the object. When we opened, we knew that we wanted to cover not only sort of the history of crime and punishment, so the penal system, serial killers, 
pirates, any aspect of crime, but we also wanted to honor law enforcement. So most of our bottom floor is dedicated to law enforcement, the work that they do, how they train for the job, things like that. We do have a great relationship with our local law enforcement. We see them all the time and anything that we can do to help them do their job, we try to do. But they also just get really excited that not only are we focusing on criminals and crime, but also the people who prevent crime and the people who keep the community safe, which is really important to us as well. Do you know why they moved the museum from D.C. to here? So a number of reasons. Basically, they had a deal with the landlord in D.C. and basically rent just got too high for the collection there. And there were some other issues, I think. I wasn't around, but they moved over here because it it is a tourist town, but we do get a lot of people through. But it's also an area that, that does really appreciate and value their law enforcement, which is why they chose here over other places in in the States. I wouldn't have thought about that. That, is, yeah. that would make sense. This is just a little advertising pitch for the museum, but when people come here, what do you think is the most surprising artifacts that you have that they're like, wow? Yeah, (laughs) I think our most popular galleries for sure, the serial killer gallery and then the car gallery. So right now we do actually have five cars total on display. One that you may not have noticed on your way in is our FDA surveillance van. It sits outside the building on the side and we do run the surveillance cameras. So I can show you in our car gallery basically where you can see the street view and kind of get an idea of how those work. The other ones are just big name cars. We have Ted Bundy's Volkswagen Beetle. He is associated with two different Volkswagen bugs. One that he stole in Florida and that's the last one that he got caught in. And then he also owned one out west. The one that we have on display right now is the one that he owned out west. So this is Ted Bundy's own Volkswagen Beetle. We also have the Bonnie and Clyde death car from the 1967 movie with Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. And then John Dillinger's Essex Terraplane, and then the White Bronco from the O.J. Simpson Chase. Um, and the way that that gallery is set up is you walk around a corner, and then there are just these four infamous vehicles right in front of you. And that, that was intentional with the build as well. But it's just really interesting to, to watch people's face be like, that's the actual Bronco from the O.J. Chase, or that's Ted Bundy's Volkswagen. So I think that's usually our big, like, wow. They have, they have these things, like they have OJ's Bronco or, you know, it's just intense to walk around that corner. <laughs> yeah. And it's really interesting to talk to guests um, because I, so I'm 23, so I'm pretty young. I wasn't around for most of that. And so watching guests get pulled to different things based on like what they've lived through and what they've experienced. And so you'll have like parents be like, how can you not, like, this is the OJ Bronco from the chase, like. So it's really interesting just to see different people get pulled into different things. In case I missed this, is there another museum like this one in another part of the country? There's another similar museum in Las Vegas called the Mob Museum. They focus more on organized crime is what they they focus on. Because this is Alcatraz East, I thought there might be a Alcatraz West. Not at the moment. There is not at the moment <laughs> that we that we have yet. We Does don't. I mean, there's one in the we don't know. I think that there has been talk in the past, but again, I think COVID put a lot of plans. We are also sister company with Wonderworks. So there's about five or six locations of those. We have one in Pigeon Forge just down the road from us as well. So not at the moment. Right now we are just one and one of a kind and that's it. Very good. Why don't we go ahead and get started on talking about the history object, if you can just describe that first. Sure. So it is about six foot tall. 
It is this foresty, sagey green color. It weighs 70 pounds. It's huge to look at. It looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. It is a bomb squad suit that was actually donated to the museum by the Kingsport Police Department, which is just down the road from us. It, it's currently on a mannequin, so it stands very, very tall. And when you walk up to it, it's just daunting to look at because of how big it is and to think of a human wearing that and walking into a dangerous situation I think really puts into perspective kind of what law enforcement deals with on a daily basis and and how they have to protect them so that they can protect us. Can you talk about was it used anything like that? Yeah absolutely so this particular suit was in the Kingsport Police Department's arsenal I guess from 1995 to 2020 It started out as one of their primary suits, and then as the years went on, it it kind of got relegated to a backup status. It was decommissioned in 2020, and then they donated it to us. So that's how it ended up in our hands. There are a number of different stories where it's been used in the field. You can tell a couple places where it's been marked and, and things like that. The biggest one that they talked to us about when they donated it basically Somebody placed two suspicious packages in trash cans in front of Kingsport locations, like the Justice Building and the United States Post Office in downtown Kingsport. And the bomb squad was called out to disarm those, and they were able to do so safely. Nobody got hurt. They ended up being pipe bombs in the packages, and they were set there as a distraction for a bank robbery that was happening across town. Did they catch them? They did. They caught the bank robbers, and they caught the bombs before anybody got hurt. It looks like a big green spacesuit made of Kevlar. Yeah, it's got basically these like panels of, of padding, of, of bulletproof or, or shockproof. I'm not really sure how that particular substance is made, but it, I mean, it is very, very heavy. I've lifted it. It's, in, it's 70 pounds by itself. And so it's lined with different padding to basically protect them from whatever situation they walk into. To get to the point where someone is wearing that suit in the field, they have to go through an extensive training process that's actually held at Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama. It was developed by the FBI and the Army together, and it's consistently updating itself. So not only do they go through a very long program to just be certified to work in the field, there's continuing education for all of these bomb squad technicians to make sure that they're safe because they really want to give them the confidence that if they go into a dangerous situation, they have the knowledge that they're going to make it home that night. Kingsport is just down the road from us. It is one of our newer objects, but also it really, I think, highlights sort of our focus on law enforcement. It's very important to us to celebrate our law enforcement but we also want to educate people about careers in law enforcement and you know most people won't ever see a bomb squad suit in person and so for us to have that donated by a local police department and it be sort of a teaching tool for people who come into the museum is really important to us and so I think that it's a really interesting object it's also just very cool to look at like it really does look like something out of a movie (laughs) We've already discussed this indirectly, but the last question I have for you is how you navigate all this interest in true crime without glamorizing it. Could you speak a little bit onto the role that the bottom floor of your museum plays in maintaining that healthy balance? Yeah. So one of our big sort of pushes is crime prevention as well. And I always say that the more informed that people are, the safer they can be. And so not only do we share these stories of things that have happened in the past, we also make a point to not only talk about law enforcement as our pretty much our entire 
second floor or bottom floor is all dedicated to law enforcement and the work that they do. But we also try and focus on just education and focusing on sort of this is what these people did. This is how they got their victims. This is how they got to people. And so it, it really is interesting. We have a lot of school groups come through. And one thing that teachers constantly come back to us and say, it's like, it's so educational. And it brings up the ability for parents to have conversations with their kids or for teachers to have conversations with their students about like, this is how to stay safe. This is how to protect yourself. We also make a point to share the stories of the victims as well. I think one thing that sometimes can be problematic in the true crime world is that we focus more on the perpetrators than the victims. And in reality, everybody in these stories and in these crimes has a, a story of their own. And so we make a point to name all of the victims that we can and to to share their stories and to make sure that their names are known. So it's not just Ted Bundy, it's Kimberly Leach, it's Lisa Levy, it's, you know, all of the people that he hurt. And currently in our Ted Bundy exhibit, we have a list of all of his known victims because that's important to us. It's important to note that he has all of these victims and that these were people, these were human beings just like you and me. And while they met horrible ends to this monster, they're important too. So that's kind of how we bridge that gap. We really focus on education. We don't really want to make a point of glamorizing anybody. And I think our museum does a really good job of that by just putting forth the information so that we can start those conversations. I think it does a great job of it too. You might even say a word about the room that we're sitting in right now. Yeah, absolutely. So right now we are sitting in our, what we call our party room. It is all about how we treat each other and bullying prevention. This is actually recently redone and you'll see McGruff the crime dog throughout this room. So this room is used for, we do a CSI lab program that students can do. We also do a Girl Scout and Boy Scout badge program. So we have Alcatraz East badges that they can come take our class. And that is all about like CSI and really just like crime analysis and things like that. But this room, every time a group comes through, it it just says, you know, we focus on anti-bullying and bullying prevention in here. And, And, you know, be kind to each other world's cruel enough as it is so if we're kind to each other and we treat each other with respect it can make someone's day just a little bit better and that i think is the big say of this particular room i'd like to thank ali for joining us and for the opportunity to visit the alcatraz east crime museum yet one more time it really is one of the greatest crime collections in the world it's also a crash course in our american history of major crimes The exhibits are educational, and the mission, which you've just heard from Ali, is an admirable one. I highly recommend going out of your way to visit if you're anywhere in this area. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.